Come on. I've been asked by so many people over the past couple of years about how do I start a podcast that I've developed and released a course that will teach you exactly how to do that step by step from figuring out the kind of show that you want to have to understanding how all the technology works behind it and then how to get great guests and uh, keep the thing moving and how to grow it. So if you're interested in that, check it out. You can go to georgegrombacher.com forward slash podcast course and you'll find it there. You can just go to the website. I'll also list that in the notes of the show. Welcome to Money Savage, a savage approach to personal finance. This is George Grabacher, and the time is right. Welcome to today's guest, strong and powerful Kathy Longo. Kathy, are you ready to do this? I'm ready. Excellent. Let's do this. Kathy is a CFP, a CAP. She is a CDFA, and she's the founder and president at Flourish Wealth Management, the author of Flourish Financially. I'm excited to have you on. Kathy, tell us a little bit about your personal life, some more about your work, and why you do what you do. Okay, well, we'll start with personal. Um, so I'm married and I'm the mom of three kids. So my oldest is 23 years old. And I pride myself on that I actually have now created a financial planner because she's following in my footsteps. Oh, that's awesome. And I know. And then um, I have a son who's 14 and a daughter who is also 14. They're adopted and adopted from Guatemala and nine weeks apart. So oh, cool. uh, maybe a chance for a couple other financial planners in the future. Yeah, the whole firm. <laughs> yeah. Um, and like you said, I have a certified financial planner background. I have other designations that focus on divorce planning and philanthropy. And more recently, I've completed a designation that focuses on financial transition. So it's the certified financial transitionist designation. <laughs> and it helps people navigate through transitions like retirement, inheritance, divorce, sending kids off. And so it's really um, helping people navigate through all of those pieces. Well, I appreciate that. Uh, life is full of transitions. You just named off some of the uh, the really important ones, and there are opportunities there to, to make great financial decisions, but also to really screw things up. <laughs> that's for sure. You know, and so that's interesting. I, I, I was not aware that there was a designation for that, but it certainly makes sense. Um, how, how from, from, your, from your experience, from, from your learning, what what percentage of that is the actual knowledge versus just helping people manage through the emotions? You know, it is a lot about the emotions. So when we think about transitions, they usually are in stages. So very, very few transitions um, start like as a surprise, you know, maybe a sudden death. Mm -hmm. So a transition starts with an ending. But before that stage, we have time for anticipation. And that's the role of planning and thinking through how this transition is going to look. But if you think out into the future and anticipate like what what will that new normal be like, we don't really quite know exactly what that's going to look like because life's full of surprises. So you go through this passage period, like once you hit that ending, like what that's the retirement date or the divorce happens, you go through that passage. And what we see is like people respond either like in a state of flow or in struggle. So they might be like, 
in a state of flow, they've got clarity, they're energized, but you know, sometimes we see them like struggling, they feel hopeless, their identity is compromised, you think about a change from working full time to retiring. And so the role of a transitionist really helps them kind of navigate where they might be struggling and like, keep them safe, like during that passage period, so that they're not making any decision that will hurt them in the long term. Yeah, well, I certainly appreciate that. And so many of those decisions that need to be made are really irrevocable, right? You, you you have an opportunity to make these decisions and and our brains are just not wired that well to, to help us to do that. So you need to be a good steward and, and, and to really help people through that process. I think it's interesting. You talked about how, how oftentimes people's identities are, are compromised and you know, I, I think so often we have a hard time to establish our identities once we're 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 we're, we're doing it right. If, if 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 I'm a business owner, then maybe my identity works or, or or becomes that of a business owner, and then all of a sudden I'm not doing that anymore. So what do I do? And that's 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 really it's got to be really hard. Yeah. And, and that's like, so we can do all of the work on as a financial planner working on the technical side, but we really have to pull that personal side in so that we understand like that, that individual and their history with money and how they make decisions and like what, what their life is going to look like in that personal side, not only like their own component, but the relationships that they have in their life. Um, you know, with retirement, think like what that might, how that changes a marriage, you know, when two people retire or maybe one retires earlier. Um, there's so much more to think about on the planning side than just the pure technical. Yeah. So how do you start that conversation just with that specific one? One, <laughs> I mean, it's like you're around a lot more than you used to be now. So how do we how do we manage that? Yeah, and and it goes back to so when my book that I wrote is Flourish Financially, and it's all about the necessary but sometimes uncomfortable conversations that we can be having um, with our spouse, with our kids, with our parents, even with our friends. But I think that's the important piece is you've got to start the conversation and lay out um, expectations and what it's going to look like. And I, I think so often we don't take enough time to have these important conversations in our life. And why do you suppose that is? Yeah, well, it, when it comes to money, for example, I think that we've been taught like as a society, like, oh, it's taboo to, you know, we need to stay away from that type of a conversation. I also think that it's because it, these conversations can be emotional, like money, I think, is often rooted in other emotions like fear or guilt, um, maybe even anger, and th- they can be hard to talk about. And we don't necessarily learn these skills from oh, like our parents, because maybe our parents not all parents did an effective job of making this a common language for us to talk about nope. and we didn't learn it in the school system and so we're just unsure about how to talk about it so we avoid these conversations because um, we just don't have clarity and we're uncomfortable with the emotions and, and that's what I think is the opportunity if we kind of turn that around and look at the conversations from a point of possibility I think that that's that's an excellent way to think about that. Look at it from a point of possibility. So I, I, I really want to dig into that. But before we do that, I think you know it's, it's, it's like anything else in life. If you don't know how to do something, there's probably a very, very, very small chance that you're then going to take the step to 
do what needs to be done emotionally because even if you know how to do something, that classic behavior gap says, well, I'm still not going to do it, right? I intellectually Mm -hmm. understand I'm supposed to save money and spend less than I make, but I oftentimes don't do that. So you have to have those skills first, and then you'll be empowered, hopefully, to take that important step. Yeah, I I definitely agree. I I think recognizing, too, that the psychology is so important in this piece. And so by exploring your own money history and, you know, questions like, you know, what did you what were your takeaways from your parents? Like, what did you learn, whether it was the spoken or the unspoken messages? um, Understand, like even like recognize in yourself, like what are your concerns about money or when it is it difficult to talk about or when do you feel satisfied? So just starting to ask your own questions so you're really getting more clarity on your own values because I think that then will help you then start to ask others um, like your spouse or partner um, what's important to them and uh, it can be in a non-threatening way by just exploring the money history with each other. Yeah, yeah. I, that, that's doing doing the work on yourself and putting yourself in that position, then you're probably able to 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 more fully engage in in relationships with somebody else that 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 are positive. So, do you give people the 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 questions to be asking? How 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 do you coach people on these conversations? Yeah. Um. So I do as part of our process, uh, we really work like side by side, like understanding the personal side of money and then figuring out the technical in terms of like the investment strategy or the tax saving strategy. But when it comes to the personal side, we start off all of our relationships with a a financial satisfaction survey, which covers like all areas, um, you know, including things like what are the feelings I have about money in my life? Um, How how do I feel about my ability to communicate on money? pieces like how do I feel about my state plan or my charitable giving so it's a list of about 20 questions to explore one's satisfaction and we give the those that tool to both um, both members or both of the spouses and ask them to complete that separately and it's a great they come come to that meeting with me and they really they it's kind of the first time that they're comparing their differences and also celebrating some of their similarities too and where they're aligned and in their satisfaction so we use that tool and then we also use a tool to understand like what transitions they're experiencing whether it's a work transition a child launching um, something with their parents but transitions they're experiencing right now or anticipate experiencing because I think that's also another aspect to help us understand how one has have successfully transitioned in the past or maybe even when they had challenges with transitions in the past we can use that knowledge to help them move forward in the future and then so that's the starting point and then we as we then start to work with them on a longer term basis we start to like delve into those exact kind of questions about money history and um, they both have their exercises and they will go home and complete it and we'll come back together and talk about it and it's just rich with stories and like early experiences about um how they experience money in their life. And it gives me so much insight to who they are as their advisor. How, and I think that that's excellent. How, how is that usually received? Uh, do people have a hard time with that, 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 that financial satisfaction survey? No, you know, I, they actually, I've not, it's so 
well laid out in terms of just easy to look at. And so people, um, they start to think about their finances in just a more holistic way because it's, you know, it's not just the my investment strategy or uh, my insurance. It's, you know, just much more deeper on many levels of finances. So people, it's really easy to complete. It takes about like five minutes for each of them and just starts to get them thinking about what they're looking to accomplish in their finance, financial and personal life. Yeah, I have to imagine it's a, a wonderful exercise for anybody to complete independently, but then to come together with your significant other. Uh, are there common surprises or rather kind of themes? Um, you know, there's not – everybody's different, and that's what I love about it is they each bring their own little interpretation to it or, you know, there's – the answer is just, you know, it's a checkbox, but understanding – like why that checkbox is you know not satisfied there's just so much information there so it's like it's a surprise every time that they come 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 with their new financial satisfaction survey which i like yeah yeah i think it's probably just a wonderful opportunity to to gain clarity but then also to, to probably get some things on the table that have been bugging one or the other about the other one i have to imagine that all those things are probably in play Oh, yeah. And those will come out like that the, when there are things that they're definitely feeling different um, or not aligned with. Um, they was definitely come out. Yeah. Yeah. I think that that's it's got to be a really, really valuable tool. Um, and probably, again, so important that they do it independently and then come together and, and have those conversations. So when we talk about values, I know that this I, I think I, I'm. I'm so happy that it seems like companies are talking more about values these days and individuals are, are talking more about values. Um, how, how, how do you incorporate that? How, how do you coach people on, on figuring out what their values are? Um, so we will use, it's basically uh, like a one page checklist of values that are just words, you know, words that they may relate to. Um, uh, so like philanthropy or um, it's just a, what we'll ask them to do is like go through and check um, what resonates with them. And so when they do that uh, and oftentimes like, you know, you have to dig deeper in terms of understanding like what what does that mean when you say that? Um, but that's what we have them go through and do that exercise. Um, sometimes we, we also have like these cards that are just, again, like one one word value um, words and they'll go through and sort through it. But I think that's also like a great exercise to just kind of root down to what your core values are. I recently had a conversation with somebody about uh, he, he uses like for lack of a better, well, I think it is just a deck of cards with different values on it. And he was talking about what a wonderful exercise that was and how people really enjoy that. So I think, uh, I think that that's a great tool for helping people to, to really get clarity on that. Yeah. Do you find that people come in with certain ideas on, on, on what they are and, it's probably sometimes it's reinforced, but sometimes they realize, oh, you know what? What I thought was most important to me really isn't. You know, I, I find that they need to spend a little more time on it and having like a list of words like so like for like mine personally, like financial independence is important to me, philanthropy, relationships, wellness, open mindedness. Like so they I think. 
think that looking at words to inspire then really helps them frame their feelings around and connection to their values. Because I, I find that like people, and that's why I have like this one page sheet, or sometimes I'll use the cards, is that they're not able to just say, you know, if I might say like, what are your values or what's important to you? They'll, they'll say some general things like family or, you know, my career, but they just really don't connect with them. So they need a little more prompting or more of an exercise to be connected to their values. Yeah, I love it. I think that's very valuable. Well, Kathy, Savage Nation is ready for your difference-making tip. What do you have for them? Okay, so this is going to be the difference-making tip is to create, initiate some new money conversations which eat with each of the following people in their life. So their spouse or partner, their parent, kids, and friend. Um, so it can be really simple, like spouse, partner, um, ask about their earliest money memory, what does financial independence look like, parents, ask if they have a financial plan in place, ask about their future housing or medical care needs, do they have an estate plan for your kids, start talking about money, talk about saving and spending, um, tell them that you just like upped your 401k contribution and friends, you know, say, how do you handle finances in your house? So I am encouraging everyone to initiate a new money conversation with, with all of those people. Well, that is great stuff. That definitely it's a come on. Come on. And that first step, I bet that once you start doing it, you'll demystify it and realize what was I so worried about in the first place? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Love it. Well, Kathy, thank you so much for coming on. Where can Savage Nation learn more about you? On my personal website, which is kathylongo.com, so K-A-T-H-Y-L-O-N-G-O.com, or my company website, flourishwealthmanagement.com. Perfect. Well, Savage Nation, if you enjoyed this as much as I did, show Kathy your appreciation and share today's show with a friend who also appreciates good ideas, go to, go to kathylongo.com. And what was the second one, Kathy? flourishwealthmanagement.com flourishwealthmanagement.com perfect well I will list all those in the notes of the show thank you again Kathy you're welcome thank you and until next time keep fighting the good fight because we are all in this together <laughs>